Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 88. What's going on? I'm Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight? Uh, I've got Cher stuck in my head. I don't know about you, but I got, if you could turn back time. I don't, I, I, it's not that I don't know why. I know exactly why it's stuck in my head, but it's just right in there and it won't leave. And it's killing me. <laughs> it's a good song. It is. Yeah, sure. Is that the one where she's on the battleship in the music video? Could be. I don't know. I, I again, grew up mostly in the God. 2000s when music videos weren't really a thing. My wife doesn't like doesn't know anything about music videos because all she had was like bunny ears on top of her tree on her on TV. So she never watched like we had much music instead of MTV. And I that's all I did was watch much music. So I know all the videos. I have no one to relive this like impactful part of my youth. I know the the big ones like I mean, like video killed the radio star and uh, any other <laughs> I don't know, just one that I named but okay I do know there's I remember vividly watching MTV and there was a Fallout Boy music video with some guy walking around with like the horn sticking yes. out of his head I remember that one you're going down down it is a, you're going down sugar I think is what it is I yes. forget it obviously I can't sing. I only have one voice, and it's it's very annoying. So oh that's how I'm doing. How are you doing right now? I'm doing pretty good. I'm watching some playoff hockey, mm. waiting to see who the Islanders play, and the Capitals just went up three to one. Oh, gross! Uh, we'll we'll talk about why that's gross, I guess, in a second here. But like, uh, God, Jesus, I hate the Capitals a little bit. But do we, we want to just get right into it then? Yeah, we we might as well. So obviously, right now going on is Game Seven as we are doing the podcast. It is Capitals Hurricanes. The winner will take on the New York Islanders. So obviously, it's a big deal for us, and that's why we're watching. And as we're currently recording, Washington just took a three to one lead. It's just nasty. Like it's not. So we did a patron podcast for each of these where we previewed. Um, the Washington Capitals, and we also previewed the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Essentially to give a sense of 
what we might expect from either one of those teams before we face whichever one comes out of it. Uh, so go by, go to the Patreon and, and, and listen to those. But like, man, if there's anyone that I don't want to face, it's the Washington Capitals, simply because I hate their gold horn. I can't stand it. Woo, 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 like the police horn. God, it's so stupid. Yeah, that is incredibly annoying. And I hate the little like air horn thing that gets them to go, let's go caps. Like why? I don't care for that either. Why Why a police horn? I don't like someone, a Capitals fan, obviously I'm preaching to the choir because, well, not the choir, but the anti-choir, I guess. Because um, I don't get it. Why a police siren? It doesn't make any sense. I, I couldn't tell you. I don't know. I don't like it either. Either way. So Evgeny Kuznetsov puts up his first. So they're up 3-1. Kuznetsov, Burakovsky, Wilson. Then I say spit every yeah. time we said his name? Yes, we do. Have, that's a new gimmick. We're spitting every time we say Tom Wilson. There you go. Um, so it looks like, as it stands now, we're going to face the uh, the Washington Capitals. But you never know. You know, Carolina could turn it around at any point it- now. Yeah, crazier things have happened, but if the score remains the same, it will be Islanders on the road in Washington for Game 1 on Friday. Yeah, which, like I said, I I don't want to play them simply because of their horn, but really, I don't really care to play them. Like, they play a physical game, we can match a physical game. Um, We have the the trump card, which is we have Barry Trotz. (laughs) Like, okay, you guys are going to play this way? We know every one of your weaknesses. Don't worry about it. Yeah, that uh, I think that'll help. I I really do, but I gotta be honest here. I'm still a little bit nervous just because of the talent on that roster. Sure. Yeah, that's fair to say. Like they're talented. That top line, you know, barring Tom Wilson, um, they have got what Kuz, not Kuznetsov, um, Backstrom and and Ovechkin up there. That's that's huge right there. That's a 50 assists and 51 goals either way. Yeah, there's a lot going on over there. <laughs> Uh, and then, yeah, you, you fill it up with Evgeny Kuznetsov as the center down the middle for uh, line number two. And that that's pretty good. And then you, you got, like, depth, right? Connolly, Eller, Burakovsky. That's pretty good as forwards. And then you have Orpik, um, Orlov, Carlson, even Siegenthaler. I just saw him play in, in the first period before I turned it off. Um, Siegenthaler's got some, some wheels on him. Like, uh, we laughed about him in our preview. Because we never heard of him before, but like uh, you know, there's something there, a little bit, just a little something. Yeah, and I, I know the one goal he let up so far, Brain Holtby's goal that he let up was pretty terrible. But he again yes. still has the. I, I don't know. I something about him. I feel like he could flip that switch, kind of like what Martin Jones did in his series. Yep, that's absolutely true. He could flip it, and then you know, then that's it. You know, game's over, or not even game. The series is over, but. Again, we've got the one guy, not only the guy who coached him, but the guy who trained him, Brain Hopi specifically, in Mitch Korn, sitting upstairs. <laughs> like I told him to do this, and that the, the counter to that is doing the following. So just do that, guys. It's fine. I don't know. I obviously, is it, it won't Barry... be that easy there, but no. No, no, of course not. But do you think this is the Barry Trotz revenge tour? What are we thinking? Well, he told them at the beginning of the season they had to go through the bleeping island, and it looked like they're going to absolutely have to do that. Uh, so I don't, I don't think it's revenge tour because it's not really a revenge thing for Barry. I'm sure. Uh, I think he's got his his due. Uh, he got his dues by getting the Islanders to where they are now. I don't think he cares that much uh, to get one over on them in the playoffs. But yeah, if he could, I guess why not? Yeah. 
just Absolutely. don't think that that'll be like the the steering narrative for Barry Trotz. No, I, I do think that they're going to hammer home the Barry Trotz narrative, though. Oh, yeah. With like, you know, NBC. Just <laughs> bash us over the head with it. We'll be dead on the ground. <laughs> He's already dead. Like, Barry Trotz used to coach them. <laughs> like, how many times over under in this series do they show Barry Trotz with the Stanley Cup in the Washington Capitals from last year? I'll set it at Four and a half. Are you taking the over? In game one or the, the entire series? <laughs> no, the, the series. Okay. Uh, over. <laughs> Way over. Yeah, probably like at least once a game, right? A- every game, Pierre behind the bench. Uh, he, used to, uh, he was here and he won the cup with them and uh, taught them everything they know. Yeah, thanks, Pierre. We all know that already. Just hashtag analysis coming from between the benches there. What a guy. Big time stuff, Pierre. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, it looks like we're going to be playing the Washington Capitals, but again, there's still just under half the game to go as as we speak now. So let's let's go into other things, and then we'll double back as as we 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 complete our hour. We're only seven minutes into the podcast right now, so we got lots of time to get back to this game. Sure, absolutely. So. The Islanders aren't the only team in the playoffs. They are not the only team in their organization that's in the playoffs Mm. as well. The Bridgeport Sound Tigers are in the playoffs. Right now, after three games, they're down 2-1. to But we can talk a little bit about some of the performances from their guys. So right off the bat, it's a five-game series, so they're already uh, facing elimination when they play them tomorrow at 7 p.m. But already, Kiefer Bellows, two goals. Oliver Wallstrom, two assists. Like, that's fantastic stuff. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, that's really the stuff that I, I care about. And one of the Bellows goals was the game winner, no? In game one? Yeah, it was like a double overtime goal, wasn't it? I believe so. It was at least one overtime. Might have been two. Pretty sure, yeah, it was a double overtime goal. But like, this is invaluable experience for these guys that are supposed to make the roster. Maybe not next year, but maybe next year, right? Like, you figure Joshua Sangle should make the team next year. Should. Who knows? It might trade him. Um, but a guy like Kiefer Bellows, this is his first AHL season. He'll be up next, kind of in the depth chart to call back into the team. Um, same thing with Oliver Wallstrom. Like, or he might have the full year to play in the AHL. Uh, but th- this is invaluable experience for a kid, if we're talking specifically about Wallstrom, who's 18? Right? Uh, maybe just turn 19 or going to very soon. Turns 19 on June 13th. Okay. Yeah, so he's young, obviously. Yeah, born two thousand year 2000. God, Jesus. 2000 year. God, jeez, I'm so old. <laughs> I'm not even that, uh, that old, but like, my God. No, that makes me feel pretty old. <laughs> that old, makes me but. feel so much worse if you feel old. Well, I, it's like I remember the year 2000. Like my, I remember my cousin was born in 2000. I remember when he was born, and to think that he could be playing in the NHL right now is insane to me. Yeah, that's true. That's insane. So, yeah, that that's the big things that Kiefer Bellows, Oliver Wallstrom, Joshua Sang, Sebastian Ajo, Otto Coivolo, they're all on the score sheet, uh, and they're all playing big minutes. They're all playing uh, important roles for the Bridgeport Sound Tigers, and they're all on that depth chart for the Islanders coming up in various positions, right? Aho is up on D. Um, uh, where am I going with this? Joshua saying on the right, Oliver Wallstrom on the right, Bellows on the left, and then you have Koivula down the middle, although he's listed here as a left wing. I think it's just because he started the year as a left wing, but they moved him to center. Right, and as of right now, he's probably their best center prospect. But Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, from what you've been saying, it is 
invaluable experience. And yeah, maybe they don't win this series. And I don't want this to sound harsh. It's, it probably is going to sound harsh, but I don't really care all that much if they win this series or don't. I just, all I'm looking for is for some of their better prospects to put up numbers and get the experience. Yeah, like I, I shook my head violently no when you said I don't care, uh, which which I don't either. Like everything the Bridgeport Sound Tigers do is in service of the New York Islanders. With that being said, obviously winning a Calder Trophy or a Calder Cup, not trophy, the Calder Cup would be fine. I, I'd, I'd accept it and that'd be great. Um, but if it's to the detriment of the organization, then no, forget about it. I, I would take that away in a second. I don't care about that. Um, but if they could win it, that that's great. But it doesn't necessarily mean much in the long run. Like Jean-Francois Berube has a Calder Trophy, or sorry, a Calder Cup. I keep saying trophy. And um, with the, the Manchester Monarchs, and like that didn't necessarily serve him well coming in his NHL career, did it? No. So, um, And if I give you this scenario, I'm curious to see what you would say. So would you rather yeah. the Islanders go on to win the Calder Cup Riding the coattails of, let's say, a Steven Gianta or Steve Bernier-like player, or get bounced in the first round, and guys like Bellos, Hosang, and Wallstrom are putting up big numbers. I, I guess I would rather the second option. I, I assume in that first option that that the the uh, the, the guys aforementioned in the second option aren't there, or just not producing. As mo- as well as right, like essentially, like I don't know, Gianta goes off for like eight goals in the in the playoffs, and okay. Oliver Wallstrom has one. I see what you're saying. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to make it all about their their stats, right? Because then it's it's not really fair to guys who don't put up big numbers, who who might have like big characters, who who might have a role to play or might do something important, anyways. But yeah, I, I'm with you. Obviously, like if I can see them dominating on the score sheet, then I'm happy. Uh, and if I don't see them dominating, that I'm, you know, a little bit more skeptical because, you know, you're at the end of the day, yes, it's all about numbers, right? And Even yes, I don't like to admit that. True, and yes, obviously, rather the Sound Tigers win than lose. But as you mentioned, like this team, the service is to their job is literally to service the Islanders, pretty much. And at the end of the day, like. Wins and losses don't matter as much as developmental. Right. I'd like to see them go far uh, and, and and as far as possible. And if they lose, that's still important. I'd rather them learn to lose or learn to win by losing uh, in, in the AHL where it technically doesn't matter. And then they have that lesson already in the NHL. Because what we always hear from NHL teams that are young and up and coming, like the Toronto Maple Leafs when they made it back to the playoffs for the first time in what felt like a million years. Um, it was well. They have a young core, and they're learn- they 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 just learn to lose, or how not to lose, right? You got you got to learn by going into the playoffs and having a disappointing experience, and you gain from that. You grow from that. Um, I would love for the Islanders to go through that, um, and, and their young players to go through that in the AHL rather than losing in the NHL level. But you know, <laughs> you can't always get what you want. I heard, of course. So that's that's my what I would like to see. Ideally, I want them to win. But if, if they happen to lose, then that lesson is is valuable. And there's value in that lesson. Right. I feel like you could spin zone this in a lot of different ways yeah. and spin it in, in order to take a positive out of it. 
And really, I think that's all you're looking to do. And I don't want to sound like I'm beating a dead horse or anything like that. And I, I mean this with no disrespect to the Sound Tigers, but it's really at the end of the day what matters most is how the Islanders are doing and what's best for the Islanders. So if it so happens to be that the Sound Tigers lose and, and they get that sting of losing a playoff series and are able to take something out of it, then fine. Yeah. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, and, and I think that's why, like you said, it, it's all there, there's a positive to, or you can spin a positive in any way because it's already a huge positive for this organization uh, and this specific organization in the Sound Tigers where they hadn't made the playoffs in a couple of years, right? It had been a little while. This is only like the third time in seven years, I think, they make the, the AHL playoffs. I'm going to have to look that up while I... While I'm talking here, uh, I I think the last I feel like the last time they made it was the last time the Islanders made the playoffs in 2015-16. Yeah, and they lost in like three games to the uh, the what's their name the Toronto Marlies. Yeah, and it's been roughly 15 years I think since their last series win. I'm I'm bringing it up now. Um, okay, I'm just bringing up their wiki season by season result. So they, the last time they made the playoffs, you're right, was in 2015-16, and lost in three straight games to the Toronto Marlies. This is only their second time in the playoffs since 2011-2012, when again they lost three in a row to the what the Hartford Wolfpack they're called now. They, they used to be the Connecticut Hartford, or no, I don't know why their abbreviation is C O N. Then good job, guys. Um, but the fir- the last time they won a series, you're right, was back in 2002-2003 when they beat the Manitoba Moose three games straight. Wow. That was okay. a while ago. So that's what, 16 years? Yes, 16 years ago. <laughs> it's been a while. Um, but this is all yeah, a positive, right? Because, again, they've got in the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven years, they've missed the playoffs five times. So this is all a positive, and twice over the last two years or three years. So like, this is all positive because they're making those playoffs, something they hadn't done in a while. Um, they're winning. The culture of winning is spreading not only from the AHL but to the AHL in year one. Year one, mind you. So that, and, and we've seen the wave of AHL players coming in and, and furthering and strengthening that, that, that talent pool that the Islanders already have. And so that's, that's, that's huge for the Islanders. I, I would expect them, or I wouldn't expect them, but I would hope that they can make the, the playoffs again next year. And that's when you're starting to build year after year of a program and a franchise and an organization that was winning. And the culture then flows from that up. up. Right, exactly. And at, at that point, you would think that more of the Islanders' talent from their prospect pool is you know, is there in the AHL and that they are closer to making the NHL roster because essentially the step right below the Islanders is, is the Sound Tigers. So if you're getting more talent there, there's a better chance that they eventually are getting onto your roster. So that obviously in itself is a good sign. 100%. And, and that's the thing we have to take from this is that the, the culture and the winning culture is manifesting itself not only at the NHL level, but the AHL level, which is, like you said, a feeder system to the NHL. And so this is just furthering exactly what, what Lou has been trying to build since he got here like eight months ago. <laughs> yeah, Incredible. it's crazy to think that it hasn't even been a year yet. Yeah, exactly. So good stuff all around. Yes, incredible stuff there. So let's move and talk about the big club. And obviously there's an injury. So Johnny Boychuk was injured. We talked about that on the last show. Mm -hmm. And what we want to talk about now is his replacement. 
and it looks like that it's going to be Thomas Hickey getting the call who will play with Nick Letty on that, I guess, technically the top pair, but it doesn't really matter. Yeah, um, that's fine with me. I, I, I don't mind. I, like, I, I'm fine with Thomas Hickey. He's got more quality than people let on or, or would like to believe. Um, he's a good skater. He's physical when he needs to be. And if we're going to play the Washington Capitals, which uh, update Toivo Teravainen scored, so it's now uh, 3-2 Washington. So it's getting closer. Um, he, he can play a physical game. He's not the biggest guy, you know, six feet, 183 pounds, but he's not scared to use whatever he's got at his ability, uh, 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 at his disposal. Um, but like top pair minutes, Thomas Hickey. He, do you not think that that? I know that Ryan Pulak and Adam Pellick are essentially the top pair, even though like when you look at the depth chart and the way that they write out their lineup, they don't they don't figure at the top pair. But like they put up the minutes, so can we not just call them the top pair now? Yeah, I think that I'm okay with that. Uh, so, I don't think it's going to be Thomas Hickey getting 20 minutes a night, though. I think if he's at, like, 18, then you're still okay. Yeah, you have to think with the physicality that's going to come from the Washington Capitals, who at this point we're assuming we're playing, but again, it's 3-2, so who knows? Uh, and we haven't even gone into the third period yet. Um, that you put Scott Mayfield up there to, to soak up some of that physicality because they're going to come at you. Like JR, uh, Jeremy Roenick did this nice segment between the periods in its game seven where he highlighted how Alex Ovechkin has completely intimidated physically Dougie Hamilton or Dougie Hamilton will not go into the boards when Alex Ovechkin is coming towards him. He'd rather just give him the puck, which ends up with the puck being behind his net. That's how the first goal was scored against the Carolina Hurricanes uh, in Game 7, which is insane. It's insane to think that this guy, uh, like a six-foot-whatever defenseman, is physically intimidated by Alex Ovechkin. Although, to be fair, Alex yeah. Ovechkin's a friggin' freight train. Yeah, I remember the last time the Islanders and Capitals played in the playoffs, he laid a monster hit on Tavares. The Islanders ended up scoring right after that. That was in game six. But he is not afraid to throw the body around at all. And he can lay the hammer down. Mm-hmm. And so- I, 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 I agree with you because obviously, like you mentioned, of the two teams in this game seven, Washington is the more physical one. So I think Mayfield's playing time would go up because of that. And But Hickey can hold his own. I mean, if you remember the last time the Islanders were in the playoffs in 2016, he laid a pretty good hit on, who was that, Dumoulin? It, uh, you mean last round? No. Um, Are no, you talking about not, not uh, Tampa Bay? Yeah. Uh, I forget who it was, but right at the blue line, wasn't it? He caught him like... Drewin. Sorry. Drewin. Other yes. Dude. There we go. Yeah, close. I That's pretty close. Um, yeah. yeah, he just destroyed Roy. Obliterated. Like, I think Dre still doesn't know where he is. No. And like you said, Thomas Hickey isn't really all that big. He's six foot and just over 180 pounds. It's not a big no defenseman by any means, but he isn't afraid. And he actually, ironically enough, even though he's not a huge scorer, he gets clutch goals. Oh, yeah. How many times has he scored in overtime? He can play left wing. <laughs> Right? <laughs> Worst case scenario, they got another winger. Tom Kunakle's not working. Get in there, Thomas Hickey. Top six, Thomas Hickey. I forgot about that. <laughs> um, no, you're, he's useful. I, I like he, He's generally pretty good when it comes to Corsi as well. Like A lot of people don't like to give him credit, but like he's not too bad when it comes to moving the puck and keeping the puck on sticks. Um, 
is it the most inspiring move? No, obviously not. There's a reason he was the seventh defenseman. Um, but in terms of serviceable bodies, I'd much rather, I'm, I'm happy to see Thomas Hickey rather than someone like Lucas Pisa. Right, and that was going to bring me into my next point is because most teams, seventh D-men, are the Dennis Seidenbergs and Lucas Pisa's in the world. I am 10 times more confident in Thomas Hickey than any of those guys that was just mentioned. Yeah, exactly, 100%. Like You would much rather Thomas Hickey, who is a fifth or sixth defenseman on, on most NHL teams, and at least half of them, right? Uh, he just is a seventh guy on the New York Islanders, which is great for us. Um, unfortunate for him because he's not getting a lot of playing time. But when he has to step in, you're going, I've got an able-bodied guy who can give me something, who can, in a regular season of full 82 games, can give me 20, 25 points from right. the back but end. His, his main issue, though, this year was penalty minutes. He only, played, he only played 40 games, and he had 33 penalty minutes. Yeah, like defensemen take a lot of penalties, you know, a lot of tripping, holding calls, uh, just because of the nature of the business. But yeah, that that's a little high. Uh, is he going to be a liability in the playoffs? I wouldn't say so. Um, but didn't he lay a big hit on Tom Wilson once? Wasn't he that did. him? Yeah, yeah, yes, he did. I think he tried to fight him a little bit. Yeah, too, no, if I'm not mistaken, gave him a little shove down. I'm pretty sure. I'm I, I'm seeing glimpses of the play back in my head. I'm, I'm di- my mind is digging it out as we go, and I'm getting the full replay now, and it's beautiful. It's beautiful in my mind, um, and I can't wait to see that hap- manifest itself again. Oh, <laughs> I'm talking myself into Thomas Siggy more. Yeah, and listen, I don't. Oh, wait, I don't think either of us. His name. Good job spitting. I don't think either of us believe that Thomas Hickey is the best thing since sliced bread, but I think he, as a replacement player, is on the better end. Yeah. You know, like you feel semi-confident in that because he has, he's only 29. It's not like he's way past his prime or anything like that. And he has a ton of experience and playoff experience to go along with it. That's right. Like he's, he's not old. I got here that he turned 30. His, his, February, his birthday was February 8th, 1989. Good old Thomas Hickey turning 30. I can't believe he's 30. He doesn't look it. Um, but he's got, he's got leg speed. He's got everything you would need for a guy to step in, uh, from a guy to step in. So, like, this, this is perfect. This is a perfect scenario. you got a, you got a big name uh, in Johnny Boychuk going out, and you got a, a good replacement coming in, a guy that you can trust and rely on. So, just... Absolutely fantastic depth from the Islanders. Would he be better served in a series against the Carolina Hurricanes or the Washington Capitals, you think? Um, I might go Hurricanes. I thought you'd say that. Yeah, I agree. Just because because I think he can keep up because they are more of a speed team where the Capitals are more physical. Yep. I think he would do better in in a game with speed. Yeah, absolutely. A game with more transitions, with up down play. Um, it's not to say that the Capitals aren't fast and, and don't don't move the puck around a lot. It's they will try to beat the living daylights out of you and and, and physically take over a game. Whereas the Carolina Hurricanes will let you throw the body around a little bit. It's not to say that they won't throw their bodies around, but uh, you know they'll let you throw your body around and kind of rope-a-dope you a little bit. And, and a guy like Thomas Hickey can deal with that a little bit better, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. I tend to agree with you there. 
So, but it, overall, like you said, great depth in the organization to have to bring him in. Not to have to bring him, but to be able to bring him in, right? When you look at, like, in soccer, it's always look at the bench. And if the bench is star-studded, you're going, well, this team is obviously in a fantastic position. Because if one guy goes out, they're bringing out, like, a star player. It's not to say that Thomas Hickey's a star player. But when you bring him out, you're going, well, I'm swapping in a sixth defenseman for sixth defenseman. Or I'm swapping in a three for a three. Like, this is perfect. This is great. I'm not losing any quality by, by who I'm bringing in. Yeah, and I I would say I would much rather have Johnny Boychuk out there, and I'd feel a lot more comfortable with Boychuk out there, but it's not a huge—I guess it's not as big of a step down as what it could be. Yeah. I guess is the point that I'll make. You're right, because it could be Lucas Pizza, who's played, what, five games this year? Or Dennis Eidenberg, who's only played, just recently signed his PTO on uh, February 25th, you know, <laughs> and hasn't played NHL, AHL. He's played practice. You know, sure enough, he's like a, what, 12, 13 year NHL veteran. So, but if anyone's going to have rust, it's going to be that guy. Yes, he's going to need to uh, grease up those hinges. But on the on the Johnny Boychuk thing, just to kind of close out this topic, sure. we think he might come back at like sooner rather than later. Like th- this has been a long break for the Islanders. It's going to be ten days before they hit the ice on Friday. Ah, uh, so then it'll be another like about two weeks from Friday. So maybe if they got to the conference final, he'd be able to play in that. Probably, yeah. So like I, I would say, like you know, Phil Pula came back early. I wouldn't want to rush Johnny Boychuk, but I'm sure he'll want to come back. So, like, maybe even game one, Thomas Hickey plays, and then they, they see game two, how close Johnny Boychuk is. Of this series? Yeah. Wow. I, I, I'm not speculating that he's going to be ready, but, like, the possibility is there, maybe. And I'm, okay. I'm only basing this strictly on the fact that Valtteri Filippola came back quicker than we thought he could. Okay. We'll have to certainly keep an eye on it, but that, that wasn't something that I was really thinking about. Maybe Philpola's going around and, and, like, you know, just, like, giving them a dose of his, like, Wolverine-type healing powers. Just like, here you go. Your recovery time just went up plus five. Here you go, guys. You're welcome. You're welcome. That That's his ongoing legacy to the New York Islanders, just giving them their, his recovery powers. That makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's why Lou brought him in. That's worth at least one million a year. And now it's all finally coming together. <laughs> so, Mitch, we have some Islanders who are up for some awards. I think we should probably start with, as we like to mention when we're talking about the post game shows, the man of the hour because he seems to always be a topic of conversation, and that's Robin Leonard. Yeah, is up for two awards. One is the Masterton Award, which that goes to. Uh, what's the? De- uh, there's a really good definition, but I don't remember. Perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication to the game of hockey. Yes, the de- it was the dedication to the game of hockey that I was trying to get into words, and it just wasn't working. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, yeah, who are his? Who are his competition though? Because you always got to measure the field, right? Yeah, it's uh, Joe Thornton and uh, Nick Foligno. Yeah, I was gonna say someone from Columbus. I forgot Nick Foligno who. Had they didn't share exactly what the issue was, but like his daughter, I think it was his daughter, it was his child at least. I'm not sure if it was his daughter or son, um, was sick and he had to miss uh playing time to take care of it. And he said something uh like 
my family is my first family, like my actual family, and Columbus is my second family. And that's always nice to hear in an industry where, you know, it's results oriented, you know, just kind of mm-hmm. like if you were a lawyer or a doctor, like you got to put your career first and your family second. He's going, no, no, I don't have to do that. I'm putting my family first and my, my career second. Uh, and that that's huge. That that's that that obviously he's in a position where he's able to do that, whereas chumps like you or I don't have that kind of power. But it's nice to hear. Yeah, no, that is, that is nice to hear. And like I said in the piece that I wrote on it when that was originally when that news came out, I think that both Thornton and Felino are fine candidates in most years, but I think Robin Leonard is just far and away your favorite in this category this year. Yeah, because like for Joe Thornton, he's like a million years old, um, and he had a torn ACL and MCL in offsetting knees, I think. Um, or is it both on the left knee? Either way, like, yeah, and that's tough. That's tough to come back from, and especially at his age, and he did it. So that that's fantastic. But Robin Leonard, man, like, post-traumatic stress disorder, bipolar, um, uh, what? Uh, anxiety, depression. Anxiety, yeah, like, just ongoing. Like he, the, the story that came out at the beginning of the season where he couldn't live, like he said, in his own head. He couldn't live in his own head, and he was contemplating suicide. That's insane. Like, to come back from that... Um, and, and to have the season he had, just hats off, like insane. That that's fantastic stuff from Robin Leonard. Right, and to me, I think that's like a truly inspiring story. Again, not to say that the others aren't by any no, means. No, I think in most years they absolutely are perfect candidates. But Leonard is just on a different level than these two. I mean, the impact that he could be having on so many people who are maybe going through some of the same things that he is. And I don't know. I just feel like him releasing that story as difficult as I'm sure it was for him made him seem like such a regular person. Cause I think we hold athletes to this higher standard and we look at them differently, but that kind of humanized Robin Leonard. And I think that's what it really why Islanders fans are so drawn to this guy. It obviously helps that he's put up phenomenal numbers this year. But just that story alone, like you said, tremendous read. But to me, he's the clear-cut winner. I don't think it's really even a debate. No, it's not. It's really not a debate at this point. He's he's obviously the winner. Uh, and the work he's, he said he's going to announce, he spoke to uh, Arthur Staple in the week, uh, he's going to announce a foundation of sorts to... Uh, help uh with with but he didn't say exactly what because he always wants to reveal it afterwards but it's it's clearly going to be in, in helping people once they've been diagnosed because there's a lot of misconceptions about what what happens afterwards and so on and so forth with with mental illnesses and, and that's fantastic in, in this day and age we, we absolutely need that because he's absolutely right like there's this crazy stigma around, around mental illness where it's like you're done like i don't even want to deal with you it's like well I, we could deal with this 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 is fine i i just need the strategies and and, and everything around it to help me when the times aren't great and that's exactly what he keeps saying all the time so yeah, it, it's a shoe in for the for the award for sure, easily. The one where there is a little bit of debate with him is the Vesna. He is up for the Vesna, and I think that's going to be a little bit more difficult. I don't think he wins it. He's up against uh, Veselevsky and Ben Bishop. Is it Ben Bishop? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, he doesn't he doesn't win it because either one of those guys beats him in in, in any category you want to you want to talk about any ma- yeah. major category you want to talk about. Yeah, and as much and as much as we love Robin Leonard and how 
great of a year he has had. I think we both predicted on an episode not too long ago that it's probably Vesilevsky's award, and I think I'm going to stick by that. Until you look at Ben Bishop's numbers, right? He's got yeah, he's been good. He's got the top save percentage, I believe, and like the second best goals against average in the league. If for goalies who've played over 30 games. Uh, and he's got two more wins than Robin Leonard. So if you're including Robin Leonard in the Vezina Trophy discussion, it's because of his stats. Because his stats are like second best or, or first or third best in the league. Uh, and he's got 25 wins. But Ben Bishop beats him across all three categories. Of course, Vasilevsky destroys either of them in the wins category with 39, I'm going to say. Yep, exactly. Hit it on the head. Uh, excuse me, I just burped on the mic. My goodness. That's rude of me. Uh, but yeah, I, I just don't think that he can beat out Ben Bishop. I really think Ben Bishop is going to win this award because he beats um, Robin Leonard across all three categories. And isn't it ironic that it's Vasilevsky and Ben Bishop going up against each other? Oh, yeah. Is I it, forgot about that. You're yeah. right. Because <laughs> Tampa Bay basically traded away Ben Bishop because they had Vasilevsky waiting in the wings. And, and you know that's fair to to a certain extent. That's fine. Like they, that worked for them. It worked for them pretty well. Yeah. Uh, and, and it didn't work for Ben Bishop for a little while, right? Like he bounced around. He went to L.A. And then then he didn't have a great season in Dallas last year. Uh, and this year, it totally turned around. Um, it took their CEO to call the team out for them to turn around. But right. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he wins the award. I really think it's Ben Bishop's to lose. I'd be surprised if he wins. And if he does, it's narrative. And I, I don't feel like narrative has a has a role to play in the Vezina Trophy. Because that, that's what the Masterton's for. Oh, Carolina just tied it. Yes, baby! Oh. Sorry, I wasn't, I, I wasn't ignoring oh. you. I was listening to what you were saying, that's, but I just feel like I had to say that. I love that. Yes, I want to play Carolina so bad. First off, home ice. Oh, God, yes. Uh, anyways, so yeah, I, I think it's Ben Bishop's award to lose. And if Robin Leonard wins it, then uh, Jordan Stahl, baby, yes. Um, if Robin Leonard wins it, it's because of the narrative, and I feel like that's what the Masterton's all about. I, mean, I don't know why I have to repeat yeah. myself, but yeah. So no, you t- you took the words out of my mouth. I think Good. they're gonna say that uh, Master the Masterton is yours, Robin Leonard. But and I think you know your season was good enough for you to get a nomination, but. It's probably going to be either Bishop or Vesilevsky. Yeah, and I don't think he cares. Obviously, he'd like to win it, but I don't think he'll be um, dis. Oh, as a, a Holpi error as well. Um, I don't think he's going to like have sour grapes as losing the Vezina again. He's in the discussion for the best goalie in the league, the best goalie in his profession. Um, so I, I think he'll. You know, there's a, there's a, a takeaway here, and it's it's a good one. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, and whether he has that trophy or not. Again, he already has a trophy. He's going to have two trophies this year if we're saying he's winning the Masterton, which, again, he is. Um, although, you know, never know, I guess. But he's got the Jennings sure. trophy already for the lowest goals against by the team. Him and, him and Rod, right. Thomas Grice have it. So, like, <laughs> he's already got two trophies to his name this year. Um, just outstanding stuff. Yeah, it's just incredible. You can't say enough good things about this guy. And for, to just be even mentioned in as a nominee in this category is phenomenal. If, if I said to you in August that Robin Leonard is going to be nominated for the Vesna, what would you have said? Wild. I called you crazy because we said at best he's going to give us league average goaltending, right? Like 9-12 goals against if, or save percentage. If he can give us a 9-12 save percentage, we'll be good. And he gives us a 9.30 save percentage over the year. Thomas Grex a 9.27. Just, what? Um, That's crazy. Yeah, so he did not see this coming. 
No, we certainly did not. Someone else who could potentially be up for an award hasn't been announced yet, but the Jack Adams Award. Gotta assume that Barry Trance's name is gonna be in there. And I, I guess to me, he's a favorite, but can you think of anyone else who would be in the mix? John Cooper, I guess, because of the regular season. John Cooper, definitely because of the regular season. Um, oh, I don't know who else, because I, I would have said um, Rick Tockett, if the, uh, what's the, what you would call it, the Arizona Coyotes had made the playoffs, but they didn't. Um, so I think we have to look at the, at the, um, who am I trying to say now? I've lost their name completely. I, I should have wrote it down, and I completely blanked. I figured what, I would remember. The St. Louis Blues about, coach. Oh, I was going to say maybe Rod Brindamore. Yeah, sure, I guess. That's an option. Yeah, he brought them to the playoffs for the first time in a million years, I guess. So, like, you know, give or take a year. Um, God, why can't I think of of the St. Louis Blues coaches? Craig Berube? Yes. Uh, he turned that ship right around totally around he didn't have a full year to do it but what he did there wow just wonders um and, and that's not counting the four you know the six game series win over the with the winnipeg jets uh, obviously the voting no. happens well before that but anyone you talk about the only one i can see having a clear shot at winning this outside of barry trotts is john cooper yeah just because of how historic that regular season was 62 wins man 62 I don't know that that playoff meltdown though. <laughs> Voting happens before the playoffs. True. So you can't you can't count that. That won't that won't the, the voting is already done and dusted. They already know who won it. Like that the, the, there's no voting now. It is already done. Um, yeah. So, but you got to think that Barry Trotz wins this. John Cooper has a great case, and if he wins it, I wouldn't be upset. But Barry no. Trotz, man, what he's done for this team, single hand, like in a year, in a year, like. This has been a slow build for the Tampa Bay Lightning, getting them to this position. Like, they've been good, good, good. They haven't been, like, historic good. But to turn around and have uh, what the Islanders did from the most goals against to the lowest in a single season, something that hasn't been done in literally 100 years? What? No, that has to be rewarded. Yeah, that in itself is. I I know we've talked about that at length on podcasts and previous episodes, but that too is also just incredible yeah so I, I think that that's the only people who are war up for awards that we can think of but I want to toss one more at you sure GM of the year Ooh. right you gotta think you gotta think that Lou's in there like it's the um, who is it for Stefan Brisebois I think it's, I think it's Stefan who the, the Tampa Bay GM can't win it this isn't his team he inherited this team yeah but it's not his who else? Uh, unless, I don't know. God, I, I couldn't even think who could win the Stanley Cup. They, they'd have to win, but then this is voted beforehand, I, I believe. I believe Jim Lears voted before the playoffs happened. And, and Lou, what Lou has done for this team is just small tinkering, but it's been very strategic and very targeted tinkering, and he's got this team in the playoffs into the second round. A team that was garbage last year. With the same Joe pieces. Sackick? Joe Sackick, maybe? Yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah, I'm looking at that too. Like, the, he's got them into the playoffs and, and like, pulling off the Matt Duchesne trade and, and winning that. Um, that's huge. Yeah, you're right. 
So we'll see. Because like uh, last year, it wasn't you know you would think that the Stanley Cup winning team usually wins it because they've constructed a team to get to the playoffs, but they did not. Uh, it was. Um, George McPhee, who won it last year because of all his work with the Vegas Golden Knights, which makes sense. He, he turned an yeah. expansion team into a Stanley Cup Finals uh, appearing team. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, that is obviously, that's that's fine. That's more than fine with me for them winning that. But one. the narrative is there to support a Lula Morello nomination, right? Where it's, they're rewarding someone for building a team that wasn't expected to go somewhere. And they're rewarding him because his building techniques and what he's done in building that team directly resulted in where they were in the standings and where they were in the postseason. Again, I'm not sure they vote pre or postseason, but like either way, like you have to think that Lou's got a shot at this. Probably. You make a good point. I wouldn't have thought of that off the top of my head, but now that you mention it, outside of him, Sackick. Calgary for being the best team in the West, really? Yeah, Yeah, maybe. Calgary's GM. I don't know. Brad Trimble, you might be able to convince. You might be able to convince me on Lou Lamarillo here. Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking it. I'm. I'm not sure, but like, I, I'm growing bolder by the second. Okay. I like it. Good. Uh, so, with that, do you want to get into the social segment? Yeah, and I think there's only one thing we could talk about there, really. I, I don't know what's that. Has anything gone on, on social media mm. in the last 24 hours? Hey, Tirana. How do you feel, Tirana? You dumb Tirana. Oh. Sorry, I, I shouldn't harp on the city of Toronto so much, except for that they, their team sucks. Yes, so <laughs> the Toronto Maple Leafs, the preseason Stanley Cup champion Toronto Maple Leafs, take another first-round exit for the third year in a row? Sure. I have no idea, yeah. but sure. It's Boston back-to-back, and then the year before that was the, the Capitals. Capitals. That's right. And they took right. them to seven, right? So it's like, oh, they learned to lose, and they're taking a step forward. <laughs> uh, it was uh, it was six it was six games, I'm pretty sure. But oh, the last right. yes. two the last two have been seven games. And when they lost against Boston in 2013, that was also seven games, and that was the infamous meltdown. Oh, yeah, when they were up four one, like 17 minutes gone in the third period. <laughs> oh, I, just... I just I don't even know how that could happen but uh <laughs> it did any it did. anyway on July 1 2019 2018 yeah if i told you that the islanders would still be alive in the playoffs as john tavares and the maple leafs are sitting at home i would have said there's no shot in hell no 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 way there's no way we would have thought that we would have thought like yeah of course that makes total sense or sorry we, we thought the other way around would have made total sense, where the, the Toronto Maple Leafs were in the round two and the Islanders were nowhere near it. All right. I, I, we both didn't think the Islanders were going to make the playoffs. I I remember I thought that Tampa Bay was going to be the best team in, in that division, but I still thought, obviously, that the Maple Leafs would be in the playoffs yeah. and a very good shot of being in the second round playing Tampa Bay. But here we are, an, another year gone by, and... I don't know. Babcock seems to be in a little bit of trouble now. They might be getting rid of him. Yeah, I saw a tweet from Sid Cicero. So he's a um, a TV and personality for Sportsnet, a pretty popular one. Not pretty, very popular one. And he said, like, Mike Babcock is done in Toronto. And you're going, really? 
you're gonna put like fine like and I saw a lot of like commotion being made at John Tavares only played 20 minutes and and uh, Austin Matthews only played 18 minutes and you're like Matthew Barzal played 14 minutes the other day Cal Clutterbuck is getting 17 minutes guys like mm-hmm. you could win without your your big guys getting 45 minutes every night yeah I saw something too where it was saying that at the end of the game when they pulled the goalie that they had the fourth line out there and that they weren't a lot of the fans weren't too happy with that as you know Tavares and Matthews were sitting on the bench wasting away uh I I don't know if I could really put the blame on Babcock so much I don't care where the blame ends there's blame and it's not on us so (laughs) (laughs) that's that's very fair but I couldn't help but enjoy last night I, I know it has nothing to do with the Islanders in terms of they weren't actually playing but it really did have everything to do with the Islanders because since July 1st everyone and their mother has talked down about the New York Islanders and now they are in the second round and everyone's darling Canada's darling no offense Mitch sorry sign is Toronto I hate them so it's fine is sitting at home and you have like the Steve Dangles video today was must watch. Like that was the first thing I did when I opened my eyes was I was going to go watch that video. Phenomenal reaction. And just, I I just ate everything up. Twitter reaction. (laughs) People saying that signing Tavares was a mistake. Oh my. I I, I retweeted uh, old things for old articles saying like, uh, that they're closer to a Stanley Cup now with Tavares and stuff like that. The hockey but, news, yeah. Yeah, uh, it feels pretty good, Mitch. So what was your favorite tweet? I, I have two favorite tweets from from the whole thing, and that's going to be my social segment contribution, and then we'll, we'll get out of here, I, unless you have something else to add. Uh, no, I think my favorite one is... From Isles blog, they say, drink of your team advance to the second round of the Stanley <laughs> Cup playoffs. And it's everyone at Sezikis' wedding shotgunning and John Tavares just sitting there. Holding his like, juice or whatever. I'm sorry, guys. I have to drink my juice because bleep, blop, bloop. Only pure motor oil. I mean, juice for me. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, I, I, so again, I have two favorites. First is at Dimitri, D-E-M-E-T-R-I underscore S42. He gets some love on this one. Saying, John Tavares met with five teams last summer as a free agent. Four of those teams, New York Islanders, Boston Bruins, San Jose Sharks, and Dallas Stars, are still playing hockey. The one he chose is not. Oh, oh, that's so good. I wish I had thought of that. That is good. Wow. I really like that one a lot. And then there's uh, one from Buddy um, from Gotham Sports who... uh, captioned a, a meme of Andre Eric Andre at the gates I, guess, I think it's the White House and it's saying this is John Tavares at the gates of the Barclay Center it's like let me in he wants back oh, so I, bad I love that gif in that video so that made me feel good it, it, it warmed the cuckolds of my heart oh of course and that I think is the perfect way to end episode 88 by talking about the poetic justice of the 2018-2019 season. What a year it's been, Mitch, oh. for the Islanders. Everything coming up Islanders this year, right, That's Mitch? Right. Even the flood pants, baby. Even the flood pants. <laughs> Unbelievable. Just, it, so, it can't get any better, and it's not even done yet. No, and there's still 
there's still games to be played. Unbelievable. And it's still 3-3 three to three in the third period. So we'll continue to wait to see who the Islanders will play. But we got to get some plugs out of the way before we really wrap this thing up. So wherever you are listening, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. That really helps with our searchability. And it allows us to make even more content for you guys and get our voice out there even more so. The listenership has been growing, and we appreciate that. We love all the support. We're going to keep going over the summer. We've done it every week now for the last 88 weeks, and I don't think we're stopping anytime soon, so keep coming out each week. Can't stop, won't stop. Also, if you like this show, maybe you'll like our Patreon at patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. We do post-game shows in podcast form for every single game. We do a weekly mailbag that we're going to record after this and upload there in just a few minutes. And we also do a newsletter and some other fun stuff on the Patreon. So you get extra content for five bucks a month. Absolutely worth it. There's other categories. If you want to do a little bit less, a $2 a month and a $1 a month thing. So head on over to patreon.com slash eyes on aisles in order to check that out and see what is right for you. You can also follow us on social media at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. My personal Twitter account is at Matt O'Leary NY and Mitch's is at TLO Mitch. You can like our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. You could download our app, the Eyes on Isles app, available for iPhone and Android. And of course, you can visit the website EyesOnIsles.com for all your New York Islanders needs. Mitch, episode number 88 in the books. Playoff hockey for the Islanders is returning in just two days. I'm excited. Let's go, Carolina. Let's do this thing. Yes, we'll be rooting hard for Carolina, and we'll see in just a few minutes who the Islanders will be playing. But until next time, I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson. We'll talk to you then. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.